Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, good morning, listeners, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I am your host today, Judy Como. I'm very happy to be here. Really have no problem making a little fun of myself today because I actually recorded my interview last Wednesday and got up early and went to Mass at 7.15 at St. Anthony, my home parish. Um, I'm not really a 7.15 Mass kind of gal, but... I was the lector, so I thought I should show up and do that, and it dawned on me that I was hosting the show today, so my uh, guardian angel tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, after you buy all these groceries, you need to go to the radio station and do that beginning, so I am here, I'm happy to be here, our station manager, Thaddeus Romanski, how are you this morning? I'm better for being in your presence, Judy. Well, you Good are so morning. kind, so kind, I... Really laughed at myself all the way here and say, oh, sometimes I'm not prepared to do this. And today is one of them. But, but you know, truth be told, you got here in plenty of time. I mean, we weren't, I wasn't even close to worrying about, why is Judy not <laughs> here that yet? Girl? Where is she? Where is that girl? So welcome. Welcome to all of our listeners here locally in the Bryan College Station area. We welcome you for listening to KEDC 88.5. Again, I get to laugh at myself again um, after the snowstorm when we lost a little tower power. Um, <laughs> I got in the re- in my truck. Sometimes, you know, you hit the channel thingy and it's a different station. And I was listening. I was like, that's not the radio station. And I know it's 88.5. And it wouldn't. I was like, have I lost my mind? And that's not the station number. <laughs> but I. It was because we were. No power at the yeah, tower site. No power at the tower. We had no no power of tower. Right. We had no tower of power. Or yeah. I imagine we didn't have an hour of power no, we did during not. three p.m. No, so we, did not. Uh, we digress, but still we welcome our listeners here in the Brazos Valley, KYAR ninety eight point three in Central Texas, and KINF one hundred seven point nine in Palestine. So welcome to everyone. Um, in a little while probably 12 more minutes, our listeners will be blessed to hear an interview with Tom Peterson. I really loved it. I had such a good time talking with Tom. Um, You may remember that he was our keynote speaker at our Red Sea Benefit two years ago. Yes, he was. And he also spoke up in the Waco Benefit Dinner as well. So we had him twice. Well, And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you will, y'all met him as he was a speaker at the men's conference that year, and that's where we had the... That's right. That's right. We met him uh, at the men's conference for 2017, I want to say, that was at St. William's in Round Rock. And so that would have been February of 2017. Mm -hmm. And then he came, spoke in Bryan College Station uh, that November... And then he spoke the next year to Waco in the spring. 
He also is the host of uh, EWTN, Catholics Come Home. Mm -hmm. Very enjoyable. So um, today I recorded, we will air a interview that I recorded last week where I spoke with Tom about his new book, The Willpower Advantage. And we talk about some practical tools for building lasting happiness. We uh, have a great conversation about what actually what happiness actually is. And yeah, and you know, I uh, what I found really interesting about that conversation, and I think people will get get something out of, uh, is he ties a lot of that to the temperaments, the four classic temperaments, and a, a lot about how you can, you've got to, if you want to build virtue in your life, you have to kind of know, you have to know yourself, you have to know what mm-hmm. temperament combination you have. And I've always been interested in the, the temperaments and I've always wanted to learn more about it. Um, so I went and actually I ordered the book. Oh, I could have handed it off to you. No, but I wanted uh, but to, yeah. I wanted to, to do good by him. And well, I was really excited, uh, when we got the invite, um, it came appropriately during January where some people may be yeah. mm, new year's resolution That's right. or That's right. need a, uh, I, I was in need of an uplifting conversation that helped, put some of the world's situations into perspective um, and gave us some um, tools, like it says, tools to uh, help develop lasting happiness. So stick with us uh, after the break, and we will have that interview with Tom Peterson, and we'll talk about The Willpower Advantage, his book. Um, Today is the feast of a saint I've never heard of before. St. Angela Marici. Mm. Do you know anything about her? I know a, a little bit about her, and I know that she was the founder of an order of sisters who um, were uh, teachers. It was one of the, if it was, it was either the first order of sisters specifically devoted to teaching or one of the earliest. Mm-hmm. Well, so we ask for her intercession, St. Angela, pray for us. And we have especially some... Especially uh, pray, pray for all educators. Yes, exactly. Uh, who goes to become a teacher and thinks that they'll have to shift gears and learn new ways of teaching as we have had to do in this uh, past year? We have some really heavy hitter saints this week. Monday, we celebrated the conversion of St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess... You know, all all conversations kind of swirl together as I was saying today is the Feast of St. Angela. And perhaps I, I generally will go and look up something and learn more about it. The, uh, me too, me too. Last Thursday, I've been very blessed to continue a Bible study um, with the Bible gals. Shout out to any of them that might be listening. And... Um, I can't say we stay on task 100% of the time, but when we do kind of veer off the subject, it's always spiritual and great conversation. We're studying uh, some of the pivotal players in the Gospel of St. John, but we mentioned um, the conversion of St. Paul, texting with uh, someone and who said, St. Paul, pray for us, his feast day, and uh, how many times we've felt like we've, she said, how many times have we felt like we've been 
struck by lightning and knocked off our horse. <laughs> and so I jokingly said, by the way, it doesn't say in the Bible that he was riding a horse. And she felt challenged by that and had to look it up. <laughs> you know, you're right. It doesn't mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, during our Bible study, when we were um, discussing the wedding feast at Cana, our friend said, I want to play a little snippet of the series, The Chosen. Oh, yeah. I've heard heard people really love that. Oh, I do love it, too. Although I kind of watch things with, okay, I'd have to text Deacon Mike, is this okay if we watch it? It's not, you know, mm-hmm. is it Catholic? Does it mm-hmm. contradict anything? Mm-hmm. And so I guess my point is when you do have those questions, take the time to go seek it out. You know, that's the that's how we learn. That's how we grow in our faith life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we have Red Sea Catholic Radio for you is to, to help you grow in your faith every single day. We know that's why you all listen. We know that's why you all support us so much with your donations, even in these difficult economic times. Uh, before the roundup, Patrick Madrid was talking about how uh, the airline industry mm-hmm. is so devastated, how the Busing industry is so devastated because of, uh, and then you you start to think about what are the ripple effects going to be in the economy. So we just appreciate it so much that y'all continue to stick with us uh, during these times. And we hope that we're buoying you up spiritually, psychologically. It sure works for me. Thank Um, you. For you listeners, uh, Thaddeus is holding up a clock telling me how much time we have left and we want to... uh, talk about how our station is going to celebrate the year of St. Joseph, but I want to um, also, typically we would tell people this is going on in this parish, and because of the times, we don't have a whole lot of things to promote, but I would be remiss not to promote something that's coming up that I'll be very involved in, and that's our St. Anthony spaghetti dinner, mm-hmm. which is going to look a little different this year as we I hope won't the be. spaghetti doesn't taste any different. No, I can guarantee that. All right. Well, that's all that really matters. I can guarantee that. But we will uh, not be serving plates of pasta for you to come and enjoy at our parish, but we will be selling gallons of sauce and meatballs. Uh, St. Anthony's Spaghetti Dinner will... Which you've always done. You've always done the, we've the, always the carry-out had that, option. But that'll be the only, that's the only thing. Only thing. And it's a drive-up. You can order. The deadline is February the 1st. One gallon of sauce and meatballs is $45. One gallon of sauce only is 40 One dozen meatballs only is 15 Pickup orders will be on Saturday, February the thir- February 13th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Malinowski Center. You can check out St. Anthony's Facebook page or St. Anthony's website for any more details. Bottom line... Call 979-823-8145 and place your order. Joanne would be glad to take your order. Call me, text me, Judy Como, and I can hook you up. All right. And also there's going to be a spiritual retreat, virtual retreat on March 6th through um, St. Thomas Aquinas virtual retreat. You can go to St. Thomas Aquinas' website. Uh, This is here in the Brazos Valley for more information on that to register. But that also is an, a parish event that is coming up for Lent, which yes. is fast approaching. I know. St. Anthony's will also be having a 
Linton study called No Greater Love. You can come mm-hmm. in person, but we mm-hmm. will be offering a Zoom aspect of that too. Mm-hmm. And I also, uh, let's not forget the folks in the Waco Central Texas area. They are um, once again involved in planning and preparing, carrying out uh, 40 Days for Life campaign. They have an abortion facility there in Waco, and there's going to be uh, residents and parishioners in that area that are going to be participating in 40 Days for Life. And I know that there is a group from Bryan College Station planning to go up there at least a few times to pray with them in solidarity. So if you want to get involved with that, uh, we'll have PSAs running about how you can participate and do that and, and pray for those 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 efforts as well. Let's do. Let's do. Do we want to talk about the year of St. Joseph? Yeah, we've got about two minutes left before we go to break, and then you'll hear that great pre-recorded interview on the other side with Tom Peterson and Judy. But uh, yeah, this is the year of St. Joseph. It was proclaimed on December 8th by the Holy Father, and it's going to run all the way until December 8th of 2021. And uh, Dennis and I thought that uh, we wanted to do some, you know, some additional of things, uh, programming, maybe maybe events to mark this year of St. Joseph and help you all to uh, make it a part of your, your daily devotion, your regular prayer life um, observation. And we're going to be running a lot of special content on the breaks about St. Joseph. Uh, we're going to be giving you uh, access to the seven Sundays devotion uh, where you, you pray a, a set kind of litany and prayers uh, for seven Sundays before uh, St. Joseph's feast day in, in March. And you can also do it again for seven Sundays before his feast day of St. Joseph the, the worker, worker on May 1st. Mm-hmm. So we'll have that information for you on the website. Um, a 30 day novena prayer before his feast day on March 19th that we're going to be um, putting out. And we're going to be praying um, on every Wednesday of Red Sea Roundup, this prayer that uh, we're about to pray here. And and what's neat about that is that Wednesday is the traditional day of St. Joseph um, in Catholic kind of devotional life. He's kind of neat that he's the center of the family and he's also the center of the week. So let's go out on this prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of your chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose you this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor you all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly call on you to receive me as your adopted child, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain from me all the knowledge and love of the sacred heart of Jesus, and finally to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. If you're just joining me, I am your host, Judy Como. We are pre-recorded, and so therefore you can't call in, but I do want to welcome all of our listeners here locally in the Bryan College Station listening on KEDC 88.5 FM. 
KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas and KINF 107.9 in Palestine. Welcome, everyone. Very happy. I, I am so blessed to be a part of Red Sea Radio and Apostolate and of Red Sea Roundup. It really is a joy. It's a joy to be here with our station manager, Thaddeus Romanski. Oh, hi, Judy. Thanks for bringing me on in. Absolutely. I always enjoy our time here together. Indeed. Uh, Very happy to introduce a voice that's been here in Bryan College Station before. And in Waco. And in Waco also. And his name is Tom Peterson. Tom hosts the popular EWTN TV series, Catholics Come Home. He has co-authored a book, and I am so happy they reached out to our Red Sea Roundup team, offering this interview. The name of the book is The Willpower Advantage, Building Habits for Lasting Happiness. Tom, welcome to the air. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you, and I wish I were with you in person like I was uh, a year and a half ago. Yes. uh, For those listeners, uh, Tom was our keynote speaker at our benefit a year and a half ago, as Tom said. Uh, Tom, welcome. Um, Thank you. Happy New Year. Um, All of those kind of things. Uh, For our listeners, we are recording this on January the 20th. Um, Some of Tom and Thaddeus and mine's conversation um, kind of reflected some of the things that are going on today as we record this. Um, Tom, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about the book. I'll, I'll tell you things that just pop out to me. The Willpower Advantage, sure. Building Habits for Lasting Happiness, and um, sometimes happiness and joy. Those words seem to get a little confused in our uh, everyday thinking something is going to bring lasting happiness. But I think uh, with January and some people make New Year's resolutions and some people are certainly I'm ready for a change of the day to day that's been going on for the last 10 months or so. So uh, I was really anxious to be the one to talk to you about this book. Well, thank you. I think all of us are looking for more joy in our lives, more happiness. And you know, no matter how we're wired, what our temperament is, and we talk about the temperaments in the book, I think everybody in life is looking for that, but uh, we find it elusive. So uh, Dr. Ryan Hanning, my co-author, and I set out to try to figure out how do we uh, find that uh, true happiness. And, and the, the simple answer that we can dissect and talk about is living God's will. When we do thing, uh, things according to God's will and we center on his will, we really find that happiness not only on this earth, but we'll find uh, true eternal happiness in the long run. Awesome. Well, just the, the title of the book, Building Habits for Lasting Happiness, um, this uh, kind of gives the claim that us readers, we're, you're going to give us some tools that will help us build this happiness. So what would you... Let's kind of get a, inside your brain, and what does lasting happiness mean to you, Tom Peterson, yeah. and how can we, um, what went on between you and Dr. Ryan as y'all uh, wrote this book? And Sure. Well, I, I have to tell you, um, my personality type, my temperament, is such that I can either be very happy or very sad, 
uh, depending on my exterior circumstances. So I realized that I need to control that more and I need to figure out how I can be more even keel, how I can look for the positive and the good in life and how I can do God's will. And I think uh, St. Augustine said it so well when he said, know thyself and thy faults and thus live. So if we know who we are and how we're wired, we can better have our spiritual antenna honed so that we can really center on, you know, living the life God wants us to and avoiding the pitfalls that either the devil or life, you know, deals out to us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's profound that, that he said that because that's exactly what it is. How do I know myself better uh, and, you know, know what my faults are and work on those so that I can really find that lasting happiness? And there are probably, you know, the other major impetus that helped us to write the book was coming out of the confessional. And if you've been to the Sacrament of Reconciliation recently, you can probably relate to it. If you haven't been, I highly encourage you to go. It's a great car wash for our souls. And I came out of the confessional and the priest said, go and sin no more. Obviously, he always says that as part of absolution, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to tell you that when I, when I knelt down to say my, my penance, I kind of thought about those words, go and sin no more. He didn't say go and sin a little less, go and try a little harder. He said, go and sin no more. And I thought to myself, well, one of the things I just confessed was getting angry and upset in Atlanta traffic. If the traffic doesn't change, how am I supposed to not sin? Hmm. And then I realized I have to control that. I have to rely on God's grace and changing the way I react to it with my temperament in order to live God's will and find that happiness. So I'm in control of that willpower, and I need to offer it to God for his grace and his help. And that's what the book's all about, getting rid of those tough things in our life that steal our happiness. Interesting. Yeah, so you're not asking for the traffic to disappear. <laughs> you're asking for... Well, I did, but it didn't happen. Correct. So now I have to learn how to <laughs> how to deal with it. And, you know, obviously I could move to a very, very small town, but my... Uh, seven adorable grandchildren are nearby, and my dear wife is, so uh, that wasn't an option. So the option is for me to change and learn how to uh, be a more Christian driver and not only accept that traffic, but maybe pray for the people in traffic that they're safe, and thank God when I arrive safe. Sure, sure. Your commentary reminded me I used to stand and pray in front of Planned Parenthood and um, just kind of throw my arms, my hands up, and I just say, you know, Lord, I'm not asking you to burn the building down, but, you know, how about a little power outage? That You're yeah. <laughs> you're God. You could do any of that in, and anywhere in between. So um, I, uh, I agree. Great. But his great. ways are higher than our ways. And <laughs> uh, for some reason, it just doesn't seem like, um, you know, I think, you know, when, when and, and it's happened a lot during this lockdown that, you know, I've heard the the scripture, Peter, behind me, you Satan, you're thinking the way the world thinks. I try to, you know, make God in my image and tell him how to do things. And he keeps reminding me that he's God and I'm not, and he's got a better way. And boy, as soon as I uh, surrender to his holy will, mm-hmm. things go way better. Oh. And it's a whole lot easier, I'll tell you. And that's yeah. what the book's all about. Absolutely. Helping each one of us, uh, no matter how we're wired, to find that happiness that applies to us. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I <clears throat> really uh, enjoyed any book, but this one in particular was the continual uh, biblical references that you gave us to, uh, 
you'd have a chapter and a subject that was going on with some scriptural um, support of that. And I, I really did appreciate that uh, part of the book. Um, yeah, God's so, word is perfect and, and uh, our human understanding is imperfect. So when we can back up a, a thought with a scripture that, that supports it and not only supports it, the scripture that really is the basis for that thought, uh, it certainly makes it uh, a whole lot more um, uh, holy and palatable, doesn't it? Mm, yes, indeed. Uh, so would you kind of qualify the book? Would you call it a, a self-help book? Or is it, um, you know, what makes this a little bit different than what someone yeah. might would envision it being a self-help book? Yeah, it, it's not. But we, we named it The Willpower Advantage so that more people in the secular world might think it's a self-help book or might think it's a book that, you know, will help them improve. And so it was a little bit of um, be as cunning as a serpent, gentle as a dove on our part. Uh, but but really, it's not. It's a God help book. So when we surrender to God's will, that's when we really build those habits for lasting happiness. So it's it's really learning as Christians how to do it God's way, but not to abandon who we are. We're made in his image, but we're made um, in a unique fashion, each one of us totally unique in his eyes, with unique talents, with unique gifts, with unique temperaments. So that's the beauty of this book. It gives you a spiritual audit where you can go through and find the custom life plan for you that's according to God's will and that will help you to live according to your temperament. And, and we think that's kind of the beauty of it. No one has done that before uh, because everyone gives generic advice to everybody. And so, well, that doesn't apply to me. I'm wired totally different than you. Mm-hmm. Well, this book helps everybody, no matter how we're wired. Yeah. I I, uh, <clears throat> I liked early on in the book. And again, you wrote the book and you've probably been interviewed about the book and all of that. So I, I, I just have a few notes written down. But if I jump too far ahead, uh, be sure to bring me back to a thought that you uh, feel is more valid. But uh, early on in okay. the book, it talks about uh, four forgotten truths and and revisiting right. those truths. And so um, sure. I kind of like having a one, two, three, four. Um, so is that a good springboard into sure. a conversation? Uh, so yeah, yeah, so number makes, one, you say yeah. God wants us to be happy. You bet he does. He's a loving father, and he cares nothing more than having his children happy, healthy, uh, and in a good, holy place. So just like we would want for our children. And Scripture backs it up by what good father would give their 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 child a uh, a stone when he asks for a loaf of bread or, or a snake when he asks for a fish. That's God. He wants us to be happy. Truth number one. Cool, cool. And you go right to the Gospel of Luke to kind of support that. Really, really love me some scripture uh, smathered around over here. So uh, number two, you uh, elaborate on the fact that the Christian life takes work. You bet. God is not a cosmic Coke machine where we put in a quarter and out. Well, boy, (laughs) I'm dating myself. You put in a dollar and out comes uh, Coke, Uh, you know, and he's not a jackpot. He's not a genie in a bottle our loving father, but we cooperate, cooperate, cooperate with him. In other words, he invited us to be part of his salvific mission, but we have to do our part. So grace builds upon nature. We need to do our part. He does his part. And that's where the relationship comes in. So Christian life does take work. 
Yes, indeed. So God wants us to be happy. The Christian life takes work. And number three, grace builds upon nature. I really appreciated this part of it because I've heard this phrase thrown out there um, to drive home a point, but I really like the way you brought it home in this part of it. a, a really good understanding of what that means. Grace builds upon nature. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, where we're weak, he's strong, and he can fill in the gaps. And But it takes a humble heart on our part to say, Lord, I can't do it. Uh, but he, again, reminds us in Scripture that his burden is light and his yoke mm-hmm. is easy, and uh, he wants to guide us. And guess what? He sent us the Holy Spirit to be our advocate and guide. And I think the Holy Spirit is the least utilized person of the Blessed Trinity, the least talked about. How often do we and our, our brothers in other uh, faith communities talk about God the Father and Jesus the Savior, but rarely do we talk about the advocate, the guide, our paraclete, the Holy Spirit. But when you look back at the apostles, they were scaredy cats cowering in the upper room, thinking their turn was next. They were literally afraid of their own shadow. And then what happened? Mm. Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came and not only changed their lives, but uh, gave them the grace and the power to go out and preach the good news to the ends of the earth. And that's what we need more than anything now. We need the Holy Spirit, especially during these tough times where we need to be crusaders for Christ, always with love. Oh, (laughs) just a... A huge challenge, a huge challenge right now when you have relationships. Um, you know, of course, politics is in the forefront of my mind uh, today being the inauguration and having uh, relationships uh, that are quite different than uh, what it's not about. I don't want to just go down a, a rabbit hole on that. But no, I think always what you're saying, though, sometimes we're disappointed that our Catholic faith isn't being represented by some of our elected leaders, which exactly. it breaks our heart. Yes. Yeah, it breaks our heart. You know? Right. But remembering um, um, you just focused on and the, the, relying on the Holy Spirit to remind us about love. And I mean, I'm not about, <clears throat> I need to be reminded not to p- pick out someone else's sin when I have my own uh, yep. issues that I've had throughout my life, hopefully a little better than I was yesterday and not as good as I am going to be tomorrow by God's grace. But um, I appreciate that. And and number four, (laughs) again, we were never meant to go through life alone. No. Super power packed. And God doesn't expect that of us. And gosh, wouldn't it be horrible if we had to? Like, think about it. When you've been down this year, and I think every one of us has been down uh, here and there this year with crazy stuff going on um, and worries and so forth. Can you imagine trying to do it without God? Can you imagine not being a devout oh, Christian? It just or makes a, me so sad Catholic? to even try to imagine I, it. I, I, I can't. And I just thank God for that gift of faith. But like we talk about in the book, you could give your child a gift with a beautiful bow and all. And if they just admire that bow and never open the gift, what good is it? So Christ wants us to open his, his dearest gift, and that's himself. He wants us to receive him in the sacrament of the Eucharist and sacrament of reconciliation. And he wants us to pray the rosary and really come into relationship with him and his mother. He, he wants to show us the way, but we have to open that gift of faith. Oh, I just, I had this beautiful visual. We, <clears throat> I've been a 
youth minister for quite a long time and have taught many different aspects of that. But when we are focusing on confirmation and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we use that very same visual of you don't take a gift that someone gives you, say thank you, and then go put it on a shelf and close the closet. You have to open the gift and uh, that gift of faith. And so um, the first couple of chapters of the book kind of takes us up to, I thought the spiritual audit would be the next thing that we could uh, talk about, unless there's something that um, I skipped over, but um, really like the way, go ahead. Yeah, Judy, if I can mention this, there was a quote from Chesterton we had early on in the book, and I think it really helps to frame out our discussion today, and that is, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. And, I, you know, I think, I think people who say they're born again, and I would call myself a born-again Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, born and raised and baptized a Catholic, went to Catholic grammar school and high school and uh, all the sacraments and all that. But, you know, I, I had the barnacles of life on me. I had, uh, you know, uh, war wounds and bruises and sin and things from high school and college and early work life. And through God's grace, I went on a retreat that changed my life. And I said yes to the Holy Spirit on that retreat in front of the Eucharist, supernatural experience I had. And I now know God. I don't know. I just don't know about him. I know him. I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I know God, the Father and Jesus. They're personally uh, looking out for me. And I want to center my life on them. So I think I, I think more than anything, leaving Christianity untried is the real tragedy. So what we're trying to do is help people, no matter where they are in their faith journey, whether they're devout or whether they're beginning their faith journey, maybe dipping their toe in the water, that The Willpower Advantage is a book for everybody um, at any level to help you to really find that joy and happiness that comes from immersing yourself totally into Christianity and Christian life, a way of life. Mm-hmm. So what would, you, what would you say to someone, um, how would you encourage someone to uh, utilize the book if they were embracing some of the things, not embracing it, but find themselves mm-hmm. in depression, um, in yeah. floundering in their faith through due to some of the things that are going on in the world. How, how would you um, encourage someone uh, to strive for happiness uh, utilizing some right. of the process of the book? Well, I'll take a, a step back and say that in each of the chapters where we talk about the virtues, mm-hmm. we talk about how the saints excelled in some of those virtues and in which ones did. Maybe some saints that struggled with some of the same sins or, or challenges, in this case, uh, the challenge of, of depression, um, and how our personalities play a part in that, and then how we can grow based on the fact that we're wired that way. So really, there are some practical tips in each chapter where we take that spiritual audit that you started talking about, and I apologize for no, no, for, no, no. Uh, you know, stomping it's on that great. point. But the audit, the audit is, you know, if you're a business person, you've taken a Myers Briggs test or or Strength Finders or or some sort of an audit vehicle. If you've ever done a Christian survey of your gifts and talents or your business talents or what have you, and we thought there has to be one that's a spiritual audit where we can find out where do I stand with God. 
you know, what are my strengths and weaknesses based on my temperament? And where can I improve? Because we really don't know ourselves well. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing how we're wired and say, okay, I, you know, I'm pretty good at the fortitude and the courage thing, you know, carrying out the resolution till it's accomplished. But boy, I've got to work on compassion. I'm, you know, I am personally, this is me, um, a choleric melancholic. So I am a go-getter. I'm a charger. I'm an action-oriented guy. I'm a doer. But boy, heaven help you if you're in my way, because my per, my temperament type is to try to accomplish it on my own, and I may lack patience in collaborating with you. So you see, there's always a double-edged sword in life, and we may be very gifted in something from the Lord, but the bad guy is going to try to look at the other edge of that sword and turn it against us to be a cutting weapon. So my tongue or my gift of eloquence may be a true gift from God that allows me to speak in front of people and inspire people. But if I'm not careful, the devil will usurp that gift and use it as my tongue is a sharp cutting sword when I'm in Atlanta traffic. So you get the gist of it? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. what what you were saying is, uh, surely Mm -hmm. you've taken this or that. Um, uh, uh, My husband is in formation to become a deacon in uh, here in the Austin Diocese, and we've been a part of formation for four years. We did some pre-discernment for about three years prior to that. But once we were closer to uh, submitting, killing a tree and submitting our uh, applications, we had to take a, um, it's called called and gifted. And it's Uh a personality, you take it, the husband takes it, and they spin it all together, and it falls out on a graph, and it shows your strengths and your uh, weaknesses. And they've now started using that that, uh, process is so wonderful. They've started to use that for marriage prep, which my daughter um, is involved in taking that, too. And it really just, sometimes you just need something on a paper to look at. So, um, yeah. That's exactly yep. right. So, so let's talk a little bit about the the spiritual audit. You, um, it says that we've discussed the challenge. Remembering we are beloved sons and daughters of God, living accordingly. We introduced the solution, growing in virtue, as you mentioned. Uh, so, let's talk a little bit about what the spiritual audit is, how y'all came to discover this, and how we can apply right. it. Right. Well, I think we want to, I think all of us would like to to know uh, before the warning or before purgatory or before judgment, where do I stand with you, Lord? Like, I kind of think I'm remembering my sins and confessing them when I go to confession, but am I getting rid of those nasty habits that are so deeply ingrained, you know, that those things that I may give license to because I say, well, that's just the way I am or the way I'm wired. So it really helps us to dig down deeper and see ourselves the way God sees us and other people see us. And that's true humility, isn't it? Recognizing not only where you're gifted and talented, but recognizing where you have to improve. So the spiritual audit is a tool to help us figure that out. And it's a very simple tool. It's not depressing. It's easy. It's fun. It's uh, it's short. But it does give you a real clue on exactly kind of who you are, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the way you're wired. Now, if we know that, like Augustine said, know thyself and thy faults and thus live, then we can also then come up with a game plan that the book helps us to do 
to say, what can I do to find that true happiness and not get upset in Atlanta traffic or to be more patient when others aren't doing things uh, the way I would like them to do it, but are equally, uh, you know, uh, good. And it's just my, my temperament wants to take control. So how do we, how do we circumvent that or learn how to have more freedom in life instead of being enslaved to those passions we have? And that's where the saints advice comes in and the, um, the virtues come in to turn those vices into virtues. So it's kind of like building spiritual muscles. We would go to the gym, you know, we're starting a new year here. We're still in January. We would work out. We would try to get healthier. Well, why not get spiritually healthier by working on the virtue muscles to replace the flabby vices that are weighing us down and making us feel sick and sad? Wonderful. Yes. And uh, to all our listeners, if you're just joining us, this is a pre-recorded interview with Tom Peterson, and we are discussing the book, The Willpower Advantage. Building Habits for Lasting Happiness. And uh, we're at a portion of the book. There is no way we can uh, totally cover everything in this awesome book in this time. So we're just really hoping to uh, pique our listeners' interest that they will. And uh, Tom, be sure to remind me uh, towards the end of the interview uh, ways that we can help our listeners uh, get in contact with the book. So we want to promote okay. uh, all of that, too. So um, we've come sure. to the part of the book where we're going to take a spiritual audit. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you've taken that audit, Judy, uh, you know, you kind of know where you stand. And then the rest of the book holds you by the hand and helps you to create the game plan that's specifically designed for you, for your temperament, your challenges your strengths, and, and helps you to work on just those areas where you need work. And again, it's done so in a very loving, kind, exemplary way where we look at, where we look at the virtues and we look at the saints as models in that. And um, it's, um, it, it becomes quite easier once we know who we are and what our challenges are to, to work on those things. But if we don't know what's tripping us up and what's causing us that, that discomfort, the unhappiness, the sadness, We'll never know how to find the happiness, right? Exactly, exactly right. So we're kind of uh, waltzed through this uh, audit where we're asked to uh, uh, rank our strengths and our weaknesses. Um, and then we mm -hmm. take those strengths and we kind of put those in an order that uh, makes sense along with the uh, weaknesses in the same way. We talk about our temperaments. And assess mm -hmm. those. Um, so, yeah. And, and Judy, what happens is once all this goes into the hopper, most of the strengths we can kind of put off to the side because we're pretty good at doing those things. So, if you happen to be a very good swimmer, but you want to become a baseball player, you would say, "Well, I don't need to really hone my swimming skills. I need to work on my my pitching and catching skills." So, in this case we would work on those things that are tripping us up and stealing our happiness. But to do that, we really need to identify what is my temperament. So when you take that spiritual audit, you come out knowing, okay, if I'm choleric as my main temperament, that means I'm action-oriented. I'm, I'm quick, I'm energetic, but it has some negatives to it as well. If I'm a sanguine, that means I'm a people and relationship person. Uh, I tend to be quick in getting things done, but uh, maybe, you know, lack, lack a little bit of the energy and carrying it through. 
Uh, if I'm a melancholic, I'm an ideas person. I'm slower to react, but I have lots of energy to carry it through. And then finally, if I'm a phlegmatic, uh, I'm peace-oriented. I'm slow to react, but I'm not always good at staying on course. So most of us, Judy, are a combination of that. We have one main trait. Mm -hmm. I happen to be choleric. And my secondary trait is melancholic. So I'm an action-oriented guy with lots of ideas. But then there are uh, pitfalls and traps and weaknesses that come along with those things that I can react to quickly. Uh, I can be less compassionate. And so once we know who we are and how we're wired, we can then work on those things that are stealing our peace and our happiness. And it all comes down to will. There's three kinds of wills, huh? There's a weak will, there's a strong will, and there's God's will. And that's what Mary's fiat was. Let it be done to me according to your word. She was living God's will, which really finds happiness. A weak will doesn't accomplish much. A strong will is like a bull in a china shop, but living in, in, uh, living in God's will is the perfect harmony, the perfect balance of that. Yeah, I sometimes have to admit that when I write the word will, it's a little bitty W, a big giant I, and a little bitty yeah. LL. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's I think, a very good way to look at it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that's the youth and, minister in me. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's good, though. But when we when we think about Will, you know, it's it's funny because uh, Coach Bear Bryant, who was a uh, very famous uh, award winning Hall of Fame football coach uh, from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said it's not the it, it's not that we lack the will, you know, the will to want to win. We all want to win. It's that it's we lack the will to prepare to win. And that's what makes the difference between a winner and a loser is is preparing to win. We all want to win, but are we willing to take the steps necessary to do that? The, what we found is, though, that, you know, in Christian life, you've seen this in ministry work, too, and I've seen it in running Catholics come home and helping people who are in different places on their faith journey and trying to figure out how I can do better in life as a grandpa and a husband and, and, a, and a, a apostolate head and a speaker and so yes. forth. Um, a lot of people just don't know how to get out of that rut. So what we wanted the Willpower Advantage, Building Habits for Lasting Happiness book to do is to give you a hand up to say, hey, we're not going to criticize and condemn you. We're going to help you as your brother, brothers in Christ to give you a hand up to say, this book is not about why you're wrong or what's bad about you, but how can you excel to really find that true happiness and, and you know, find more joy in life? And we were looking for that, so we wrote the book for ourselves, and then we're sharing what we discovered with the rest of the world. Now, I will tell you, my co-author is very smart. I happen to be energetic. I happen to be goal-oriented. I have some of the attributes that help. But this man, Dr. Ryan Hanning, is a father of 10 children. They're homesteaders. They're homeschoolers. He lives on a farm where they slaughter their own livestock and grow their own vegetables. And he is amazing. But you know what? He's wired completely differently than I am. And that's what made for such a good team. We complement each other. Maybe your marriage is that way. Maybe your best friend and you are that way. But Dr. Han and I complemented each other. And that's what the book's about, too, that we all play a different part in this symphony of uh, the body of Christ. Oh, wow. That's that just I, I'm feeling more energetic just through our conversation. Uh, so after we uh, go through the spiritual audit, the rest of the book, each 
um, chapter gives us uh, something, a focus that could help incorporate these habits to bring about that happy life. And just to name uh, some of them, compassion, prudence, justice, self-control, sounds like uh, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, they're the virtues, aren't they, Judy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we want to break those down, let's let's take a step back. So there's, we talk about the three uh, the three main virtues in the book, uh, the supernatural virtues, if you will, which are faith, hope, and love. And then we talk about the cardinal virtues, which are um, prudence or wisdom, temperance, which we know as self-control, justice, which is giving to others uh, what they deserve, and finally, fortitude, which is courage. So those are the faith, hope, and love are the supernatural virtues. The cardinal virtues are prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. And then what we really had a hard time doing was coming up with 13 core virtues, because there's more than that. But we came up with the 13 most popular, most needed ones. So compassion, prudence, justice, self-control, courage, humility, obedience, and so forth. And so we really talked about, you know, generosity, honor, great-heartedness, gratitude, cooperation, the things that we struggle with so much but not all of them. So each one of us is going to have a handful of those that we need to work on. So the book fine tunes it and tells you, okay, these are the things you need to work on based on your spiritual audit and your temperament. And here's how you do it. And here's the saints who are going to help you along the way. And that's the beauty of it. You don't have to do the heavy lifting yourself because we can't. We have God and God's uh, grace to help us through on the journey, as well as the saints who have gone before us and struggled with those same passions as we have. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, I want to mention, we have about seven minutes left of our uh, conversation, and so I don't want to overlook something that you really uh, want to bring all this to uh, tie a little bow on top of it. But um, I I wonder, what, what do you think is... Um, the biggest obstacle to pulling this off to, you know, we mm-hmm. probably have waves of time of uh, lots of willpower or a decision to make a change or improvement or whatever. Uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how that's not as easy, easier said than done. Right. I, I think that we get snookered by the evil one and his minions. So the bad guy, we'll just call him that. We don't want to give him any credit by mentioning his name. The bad guy has helpers, and they're called minions. That's the name. It's kind of weird that a famous company came mm-hmm. out with a movie with minions in it, and they make them look cute and all that. But yeah, in not spiritual so. world, minions have always been the evil one's helpers. And they whisper in our ear, huh? kind of like the Animal House scene where you know, on one shoulder is an angel and the other shoulder is a a bad guy, and they're whispering in your ear trying to get your attention. I think in life, there are a lot of things that are vying for our attention. Some of them are good, and some of them are not from God, and they're not good. And so what we have to do is discern those spirits, and we have to discern those voices and say, hey, every time I look at that bad junk on the internet, do I feel happier or do I feel enslaved? Every time I yell at somebody in traffic, do I feel happier or do I feel enslaved? Every time I get angry or impatient with my spouse or my children, do I feel happier or do I feel enslaved? Every time I blow off mass in the morning and do something selfish uh, and, and not honor God by going to morning mass, do I feel happier or enslaved? And I think what this is what it all comes down to is 
is building those habits and getting, as Aristotle says, we are what we repeatedly do. So building those spiritual muscles so that it becomes second nature for us to say no to the bad junk on the internet, to say no to opening our mouth first in traffic instead of praying for God, keep me safe, keep them safe. Uh, to say, no, I'm not going to go get, you know, go out of my way to get the cup of coffee and breakfast. I'm going to morning mass first. And when we, when we get in the habit of doing those things and repeat them, they become second nature to us and we grow to become more Christ-like. The old, uh, the old St. John, you know, um, uh, scripture about he must increase and I must <laughs> decrease. So more of Jesus and less of me, but it's a habit where grace builds upon nature, that spiritual virtue muscle gets stronger, and we start finding more happiness. Yes. Oh, so well said. Um, I I love how you um, begin uh, the first step chapter with the quote from Ephesians, uh, put off the old man that belongs to your former manner of life, put on the new man created after the likeness of God from the book of Ephesians. Um, That really really does bring it home. I jokingly uh, refer to myself sometimes, well, the old Judy would have done such and such, but today the new, the new Judy can do this today uh, by God's grace. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, and so, I used to have people say pre-retreat Tom would have said this, but yeah. but now that you've been on the retreat, you do that. So yeah, we have we have an old self and a new self. And, you know, through the, the baptismal waters and confirmation, and again, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, born again, so to speak, uh, uh, in a Holy Spirit manner, like if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, um, we know that we're different. We're new creations in God's eyes, and uh, we we have to live accordingly, huh? Mm. Yes, we do. And and again, we're uh, I, I too have experienced that retreat uh, reversion, uh, participating in my faith life uh, twenty two years ago. Um, and I look look back at that time, and sometimes, you know, it was like, God, I really would. Or a certain uh, time, uh, Four Signs of a Dynamic Catholic by uh, Matthew Kelly was uh, really integral right. at giving me something to work with. You know, there's lots yeah. of things, and the willpower advantage can be that uh, for our listeners. Uh, this could be a great opportunity, a book to pick up and use the tool. So... Tom, give us um, a way that we can uh, find out more about you, more about the book or any other. I'm going to give you the last couple of minutes to um, promote that any way that you'd like to. Sure, I appreciate it. So, um, again, it's not about me, but I've learned things along the journey that I share, and I do that in a couple of ways. One is this book, The Willpower Advantage, Building Habits for Lasting Happiness. It's an Ignatius Press book, so we're very honored that such a uh, a lovely, wonderful publisher, uh, renowned publisher, the number one Catholic publisher, picked up this book. It's endorsed by cool people like yeah. Coach Drew Holtz, <laughs> uh, Bishop Thomas Olmsted, Father Mitch Pacwa, Steve Ray, uh, Peter Herbeck, Doug Keck, Pat Lancioni, um, Tom Monahan from Legatus, and others. Um, and we're we're blessed that they uh, encouraged people to read this book and recommended it. Um, our television show on uh, EWTN uh, called Catholics Come Home on Sunday and Monday nights. Uh, I think Central Time, it's uh, 7.30 Sunday night, I think 4.30 on Monday night, and then on Saturday morning. Um, it repeats every week, the same program three times a week. 
is really a way for you to grow in faith. It's a half hour show. It's very Hollywood, very well produced. But we have a guest on there that's growing in faith or has grown in faith and tells their story. But we also have helpful teachings. Uh, we also have um, evangelicals, uh, our teaching commercials, if you will, that really help you to put it in perspective. How does this apply to me? How can I live my life uh, in, in the way God wants me to? And, how, and, and teach me in a way I can understand. So as a former advertising executive, I try to make everything in a, a way that people will understand. My, my colleague who wrote the book is, is a PhD. He's a PhD in theology. I'm not. So we really made a good combination. He knew his stuff, and I made it easy to understand. So together, we were able to present very deep concepts in a really easy to understand and apply way. Um, so the show, uh, EWTN, is a good way to learn your faith. The book is a good way to learn your faith. And then our website, catholicscomehome.org, has tons of resources, videos, not only for you, but maybe to help that relative or friend who may be uh, on their faith journey uh, wanting to come home or trying to find more happiness, too. So catholicscomehome.org is another tool for you. uh, Tom, thank you so much for this time. It just sped by. I knew it would. I love your energy. I love the book. And for our listeners... Always remember to go out and love your neighbor. God bless you.